Hello, and welcome to Marketing to Complex Industries, presented by Godfrey, a B2B marketing agency for industries like yours. Each week, we feature conversations about the latest challenges, strategies, and technologies for B2B marketers. Today, we're going to talk with Kayla Soders and Kate Schott, two digital marketing managers who help our clients optimize their online communications and be seen by the right customers at the right time. We're talking about search engine optimization, or SEO, and how to leverage it effectively. Kate Schaub, Kayla Soders, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. I wanted to start and talk a little bit. You both have the same job title, Digital Marketing Manager, uh, which sounds self-explanatory, but I would love to know what goes into kind of the day-to-day duties uh, that you that you have with a job title like that at Godfrey. Yeah, so um, like you said, we're both digital marketing managers. So our jobs are fairly similar in the amount of um, tactics and, and work that we do, but they're definitely unique. Um, we have our own client set, but just a few things that we can kind of tackle is SEO, search engine optimization, um, some paid search, so PPC, Google, um, Bing as well. We do some social media management, some some paid social media. We can help out with email marketing, um, also web development. So a bunch of different different tactics go into that. Um, Kayla, I'm sure I'm missing some. <laughs> yeah, no, but basically what you said and then, yeah, just stuff to do with data, research. We help a lot of different um, aspects of the marketing team. So anything from we help out with the strategy side, content side. So uh, kind of a jack of all trades, but um, hopefully not master of none. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, it, the way I think about it is if, uh, if somebody's web strategy or web content uh, is a race car, I sort of think of you two as uh, some key people in the pit crew, helping to keep the engine tuned, um, helping to make sure that the that the bolts are, are tightened properly and that everything is working as uh, properly optimized as it can. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, yeah I think that's a great analogy. Absolutely. Um, I've definitely been told that we, we, we fix a lot of, if there's problems, we're kind of the people that fix it. <laughs> Excellent. So you uh, have a, a lovely assortment of digital wrenches. Um, well, we're, we're, we're here today to, to talk about, to talk about SEO. And I think, you know, one of the things that I always want to do when we're, when we're talking about a fairly broad topic like that, that has very specific ramifications, I always like to talk a little bit about the misconceptions around it. And I think that a lot of folks, um, you know, they understand the basics of it. I mean, SEO is essentially there to help make sure that you not only get web traffic, but that you get the right web traffic. And it's about, making sure that the, the proper people get funneled into the correct areas and that you are, are making a good showing there. But beyond that, I think it can seem very complicated to folks. Talk to me a little bit about some of the misconceptions there and um, you know, some of the insights that you have from working with clients on a day-to-day basis. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that um, I see a lot is that it's either a quick turn. So we do SEO once and then we never have to do it again, which um, we always like to use the sprint marathon analogy. So SEO really is more of that long-term marathon. 
Um, it takes time for the SEO tactics to settle in and for Google to, to recognize them. So it's not a, um, you know, turn it on, turn it off. But there is a longevity that when you have a good SEO campaign that is you know, ongoing, those benefits you will reap even if you decide, okay, this month we're going to going to take a break from SEO or, you know, someone's on vacation, you're still going to have those benefits um, long after you take that break. Got it. One of the, one of the key things uh, about a proper SEO strategy is going to be finding those correct keywords. And I think a lot of people feel like they have a sense of, of what those are. Uh, but what, what kinds of, um, what kinds of advice do you have for making sure that you're finding the right keyword and what makes a good keyword? Uh, I, I can start off with that. Um, so there's a lot of different factors that go into that and it really is, it can be a case by case basis depending on what the intent of the page is, uh, if it's a full site sort of thing. Um, but there's really a wide range. So it could be anything from sometimes clients or um, just in general, people will be like, oh, well, I want to rank for the word boxes or something if they're a box distributor. Um, but really, maybe their site is a little smaller and boxes has mixed intent. So it could be residential. It could be a cardboard box. It could be a plastic box. Um, and maybe j just because it's getting $2 million searches a month, if if I were to type boxes into Google, it would just give me a definition about what a box is. Um, so the intent isn't necessarily there. So um, while search volume is important, so the how many times a word is searched a month, um, intent is just as important. So uh, there's a lot of long tail keywords that we'll often try and go for that maybe get like 20, 30 searches a month. But um, for B2B, we want to kind of it's, it's a wide net with SEO. So, but with B2B, there's a lot of the people searching are like engineers, distributors. So your target audience is a little more technical. So uh, sometimes it's words like PDF, data sheet, um, depending on if it's a, a type of, uh, you're looking for a location page, it might be something like having words with near me in it or um, buy. So there's, it really is dependent on the actual tactic that we're, kind of implementing. I like the box analogy uh, because it is such a, a broad term because I'm immediately thinking of a B2B company that does corrugated cardboard conversion into uh, some of the nicest shipping boxes possible that they are going to sell to amazon.com uh, to put all their products in that they ship out. And then I'm thinking about a guy that runs a studio out of his garage making inlaid wooden boxes for jewelry collections and keepsakes and that sort of thing, both are a box. Uh, but the longer the longer tail that keyword gets, the more specific you are getting about uh, you know the individual what they're really looking for and where they need to go. Am I am I correct in that? Absolutely, um, Kate. I don't know if you have any additional thoughts there. Yeah. So when we talk about long tail keywords. Um, like we said, it's those more descriptive keywords that um, are helping the user um, find the most appropriate search result or website for what they're looking for. So um, a lot of times 
we will only go after long tail keywords or a majority of those long tail keywords. And that's because while there will be lower competition, the probability of conversion, so somebody either making a purchase or requesting a quote or reaching out to a business in some way, that's considered a conversion. Um, it's much more likely to yield a conversion when it's more descriptive. Um, and with that, those keywords don't necessarily just have to be product or service-based. Um, we can make sure that all of our product and service pages are as descriptive as possible, but those are geared towards kind of the bottom of the funnel users. So people who have their credit cards out and they're ready to make that purchase. But long tail keywords can also help to target the top of the funnel, funnel people. So um, users who know that they need a service, they just don't know that they need you or this business. So we'll go after keywords that are also informational and education based, like how to's, buying guides, um, you know, answering those questions. So it's a it's a pair and a partnership between not only product and service based, but also how can our website be a resource and guide users down the funnel to um, you know the ultimate conversion, which is the goal. Well, I really like that, and I like the idea that a website or a, you know a given project like that is going to be something that actually actively solves a problem. I mean, uh, at Godfrey, we always talk about how you know, B2B companies make the world work better. And I think that's a key part of it is, is giving away uh, some of that information to help people make a more informed decision. But how do you, how do you know uh, with, with those, those sort of long tail uh, search terms, like how do you know what people are looking for so that you can then help to tailor your content to what the real world needs are like how do you how do you sort of bridge that gap so i think for us from an agency standpoint um we're, we're your partner right we're our client's partner we may know that the digital side of things you know best practices tactics but our clients are the subject matter experts on their business their industries so for me i like to have those conversations that ask questions like when you're talking to your potential clients or customers, what questions are they asking? What verbiage and phrases are they using um, to give us that kind of starting point? And from there, we use different tools to help understand the different variations of, of keywords, their search volumes, how competitive it is um, to give us that complete view. Now, with that, just Googling around also really helps because if you type in, you know, boxes, uh, you can see, well, what else is commonly searched? And Google will show you that, um, you know, what are the different questions, the topics that are related to this that a lot of people are also searching. So it's a nice mix of doing actual research, Googling around, and then talking directly with our clients because they are industry experts. Yeah, Kate, uh, I completely agree. Like everything you said, that's pretty much my process as well. Um, and but with and with googling it, we have tools available to us where we can actually take a URL that's ranking for the keyword we want to rank for. For so, say our one of our main terms is boxes. We copy and paste that into our tool. It will tell us all the other uh, keywords that that page is ranking for. 
Um, and so that helps us find related keywords as well. And then the tool also has related keywords in it too. Um, and then from there, it's kind of like a maze or some kind of puzzle, but basically we're just playing detective with all these websites, competitor websites, um, so on and so forth, and finding all anything and everything we can related to um, the keyword research. So it's really fun. I think that's one of my favorite parts of the SEO process is the keyword research aspect of it. Um, because a lot of times we can also provide nuggets to the client, like, okay, you, they, they, you might be calling them boxes, but the way that industry people are searching for this term, they're also calling it, um, a parcel or something, you know? So, um, we find a lot of little nuggets in there that help boost the rankings then, uh, for their search terms, their pages, just by adding those new terms. Right. And don't even get me started on cartons. <laughs> so I, I love the fact that there's that sort of like, a, you know, forensic uh, sort of detective aspect of it, because I think um, not only is that, you know, a value add, it's, it's something that, that we could do to, to help uh, give insights to clients. But frankly, it sounds like it just makes your job fun. Yeah, I think that's kind of, like you said, the fun of it, because Two, there are constantly new searches, new combinations of words every single day. So while we start out with a certain set of keywords, to maintain a healthy SEO campaign, you want to go back, you know, not every week or every day, but a couple times um, every month or every couple of months and just see if there's any new variations that have come to light since beginning. Well, I'm really glad you mentioned that because I, I think that's something else that's key for people to understand is um, is that it, it really is an ongoing process. I mean, the market changes, the things that affect the market change. I mean, 2020 has shown us that, certainly. Um, everybody's, everybody's markets and everybody's search terms have, have changed dramatically over the last uh, you know three to six months. So... It, it really does sound like something where it's it's not just the once and done, it's it's maintenance, right? That that pit crew is in there checking the car out every certain number of laps uh, to make sure that things are still running properly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's ongoing. Yeah, and that's only, we've currently only really touched the keyword research aspect, but in general, um, from the back end technical stuff, it's the, definitely ongoing. Um, and like Kate mentioned earlier, that's where you're really going to see the benefits of it. Also, uh, you had talked with me a little bit about how uh, SEO you know, partners with other kinds of tactics. Um, I think you mentioned uh, pay-per-click a little while ago. Uh, talk to me more about how that whole integrated strategy works together. So from our standpoint, Kayla and I, being digital marketing managers, we, like we said, do more than just SEO, um, but SEO plays really well together with other tactics. So you mentioned PPC, the paid search. Um, they've, they can give one another information to help boost both of those tactics. Um, PPC may bring to light some new keywords that we weren't necessarily targeting in SEO. It makes us aware. Um, if we have a really well-optimized landing page, so our SEO keywords are included throughout the content, um, very informative, has clear call to actions, 
using those as our paid search landing pages um, will actually give us better rankings, right? We're going to show up in the higher positions in our paid search and also our SEO um, organic rankings too. Absolutely, Kate. And in addition to the PPC aspect of it, it also can help a lot with your social media. So um, a lot of times when we're doing keyword research, there might be blog topics or informational articles or something that should also be part of the SEO retainer, but it may, might not make sense for an actual page, but more for like a blog post or something. Um, we have additional tools that we can actually type in a keyword. So we can see, and then that will pull back um, what the top engaging articles are via social media. So um, if I type in boxes and it gives me um, articles that and it gives me the metrics for Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and how many times it was shared. So that kind of helps with the content strategy side of things too, that you can help push out both blog content and social media content that also helps boost your SEO. So um, it's really twofold in addition to the PPC benefits. And there's a bunch of other ways that uh, integrates as well, but those are the two main ones I'd say. Yeah, the, the content strategy aspect of it you know, feels really you know, vitally important because that allows you through an additive sort of ongoing process to be able to um, continue to stay relevant, continue to stay up to date, but then also to push that out to those social channels. People are going to find information via a, a variety of different places, but know that they can click a link to read a longer post about it and hopefully get the information that they're looking for, which then ties right back into your website so that uh, so that you can you know eventually make that sale. What what point are people usually at by the time they actually have that credit card out? Uh, you know, from a metaphorical standpoint, they're they're ready to talk to a salesperson. Uh, they're they're ready to enter their information. How much of their of their decision making have they typically gone through by the time they actually take that action? I think that really depends on each of our individual. Um, businesses and industries. So um, some people, when they're first doing their research, they may want to reach out to you just to ask questions. Um, other times, it may take a couple of months for a potential customer to work with their internal teams, figure out what their needs are. But while they're having those conversations, they're doing some research up front. So they're asking those questions, and that's why content is so important because you're pulling potential new business in by answering their questions. You're also setting yourself up as industry leaders and experts, um, but you're, you're helping guide them whether they're at the very beginning of their research journey or if they're starting to finish up and they're asking you those questions um, or ready to make a purchase. So in a roundabout answer, you're really going after people in both stages. But content really helps uh, bridge that gap and, and sort of be that ever-present way that you stay in front of them and stay relevant. I know that in the presentations that you that you do, uh, the ones that you've done internally at the agency and also the the trainings uh, that you that you offer our clients, uh, there's a um, there's a sort of hierarchy of content best practices, and I, I think it would be a good time to to chat a little bit about that. Uh, what are the things that that matter the most? Where should you be spending most of your time? Is there any kind of method to that content generation? 
I think the content definitely, first and foremost, it needs to be written for human users, right? We can't keyword stuff where basically if our keyword is shoes, we would use an example like for the best shoes to fit your feet, visit our foot, visit our shoe store. We have the best shoes, right? It's not, it doesn't read easily. It doesn't flow. So we want to make sure that we're always writing content for human users, that we're having our keywords appropriately mixed in throughout the content and not only just having them present, but also being diverse. So if we think of something like homes, we could do home, homes, house, um, you know, different variations. We want to make sure that our content is fresh because a fresh website shows Google that we're constantly updating and that we care and that we're um, making those adjust adjustments. So even if we just go in and update the first sentence of a page after a couple of months, we're maintaining it. Um, and then finally, from, from an SEO standpoint, word count is important. Google has told us that for most industries, if you don't have at least 500 words on the page, you're not going to rank on that first search results page, um, which is scary, right? Nobody wants to look at just a web page that is all content, just a, a, a block of words. But that's where readability comes into play. So having the content, but breaking it up with those headers, having some bullet points, providing additional resources like images, videos, so that way your eye naturally flows. Put the most important information at the top. And if users want to keep scrolling and want to keep learning, they will. If they don't, they've already found what they're looking for, so they won't scroll. But no harm, no foul, because you're still having the content on the page, which is allowing you to rank, which is allowing them to find you. You know, I, I think that makes a lot of sense because um, I, I did a little bit of journalism study in college and they talked about that inverted pyramid where the the most important information in a news story is in that first paragraph, maybe the first two. And then it gets down into the details for people who really want to read more. And what I'm seeing a lot, and this is just from a consumer standpoint, uh, what I'm seeing a lot is people... Um, I. I think probably not following that advice when they're putting just general content up. I, I've noticed it a lot on recipe sites. I might be looking for a recipe. The kids and I have, have all wanted to learn how to cook a little bit more uh, during during quarantine and all this uh, stay-at-home fun. And I'll look at a recipe and I have to scroll through a story before they actually get to the nuts and bolts of it. And it's like, I just want to know how to make the peanut butter pie. I don't need to know how much your dessert-hating husband loved it and <laughs> you know, all these other, like, and and it, it, it has, has been a source of frustration at times. And I'm like, this is getting in the way of me as a user. And I'm starting to, to look at it. Um, I think from a, a little more of a critical standpoint, uh, you know, in terms of a, of a content uh, consumer. So it, is that sort of what you're talking about? Like you want to, you want to get to the key stuff first? Yes, definitely. I think that's the perfect example. So you probably typed in, you know, the peanut butter recipe that you're looking for and top three popped up and you probably clicked on one of those top three and the example you're using where they're talking about this story and how it's taking up all this space. That was probably one of the first or second ranking, but it was because those keywords were included on the page. So if you just flip that and have the recipe at the top, 
the ingredients and the directions at the top, you're still going to have the rest of that information below. But if somebody wants to read it, they'll scroll down and read it. They're probably not going to, but it's serving its purpose because it's getting the recipe to rank. Um, now it has the images, most likely at least one image or a few like directional images, which maybe they'll scroll down to look at that, but the directions should be at the top. Yeah. So um, kind of to go, I used to actually pre Godfrey times, uh, I actually worked on a couple websites like that. Um, and so, yeah, the goal there is truly they're trying to rank Google. And, um, like you said, they, all those extra words are in there because they probably have peanut butter recipe. And then there's like 30 other keywords they're trying to rank for, for that page. So that whole story, sometimes those stories aren't necessarily real. People are just putting them in there, part of their blog, because they're doing some kind of affiliate marketing and they want to get people to click, come to their site to get ad revenue um, from visiting their website or clicking on affiliate links. So, But Google continues to get smarter and smarter about it. So um, what, like Kate said, uh, user and user experience is really starting to become a huge part as it has been, but um, a huge part of the algorithm. And so when people try and do those recipe things where you go on there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so annoying. Um, Google's catching on to that. And so soon I think uh, we're going to see a shift in that where yes, the recipe will be at the top or in some cases you're seeing click to go to the recipe at the very top. And then they, if you click on it, it's a little jump link and it takes you down to the recipe. So um, yeah. So the, it, in theory, they actually did a good job with their SEO, just not their user experience. Right. So yeah, it was, it was good at getting me there, but I'll be wary of it in the future. Um, so let's, you know, I'm really good at pulling us off that B2B track and into like consumer examples that, that, <laughs> uh, you know, people can every day relate to, but, uh, you know, pull that back to me with, with maybe some examples of how that operates in business to business, because we've got, um, you know, through a variety of different industries, we've got people with some very complex information, very complex problems to solve. Um, so, you know, how does that amplify for the kinds of audiences that, that you two are primarily working with each day in terms of our clients? I still think it goes back to that educational piece. So um, we have a client who works with chemicals and their potential customer isn't going to just give, you know, a, a million dollar contract to them um, without doing their research. So having all of the solutions that they offer um, and really the process of their solutions, um, how the common questions are um, or the problems that they solve, that their chemicals can solve. So having those high quality, relevant um answers and conversations on the site up front um, will help to really give that potential customer a sense of security and a sense that they know what they're speaking about while being pulled in because of SEO. So we've talked a lot about the human aspect of this and the content and the way that people interact with that and how they find what they need to find and how we can best sort of meet those needs from a strategic standpoint. Let's talk a little bit more about the back end of it, because I know that that can be intimidating for some people because we understand 
on one level, sort of how Google works from what we see happening, but we don't really know the ins and outs of, of how that algorithm works, um, how it makes decisions, how it positions things. Uh, what can you tell me about that, that back end and what we can do to better work with it? Absolutely. Um, so for starters, Google or Bing or whoever, basically they use these things that are called spiders to quote unquote crawl your site. Um, and basically there's different crawlability issues that a site can face in the back end that aren't visible to the human eye. Um, and it will pull back that data. And that's a big part of where your search results come from. So it's not only the human behavior, the content, how long someone's on a page, all that stuff, but then all these little things that are very ambiguous and kind of hidden unless you're crawling or monitoring the site. Um, so some of the things that it's looking at are from a very basic level would be your meta tags and meta descriptions. So that kind of goes in touch with the keyword research and making sure those are optimized. It's not just having them, um, but sometimes they're too short, sometimes they're too long. So it looks at those types of things. It looks at if you're a huge, robust site, which many of our clients are, where there's multiple language, multiple regions, um, there's certain tags that need to be in place so that the proper page is showing up for the proper Google location. So there's like Google.com. .mx. There's google.com for the US. Like there's, so we wouldn't want a, if our client only sells a certain product in a certain area or region, we want to make sure that it's only showing up in that location. Um, and there's some other things as far as images go. Images can be too large, which can slow down the site. Um, and so there's certain ways to compress them and, and optimize the alt text, um, which is basically so that um, Google can read the images, but also it's more so uh, also just for, to help assist with people who um, are impaired uh, that are blind. And then, um, but there's, so there's a bunch of bunch of uh, little technical things. And sometimes when you see one technical issue or fix all of the technical issues you're seeing, um, there could sometimes be a tag on a page that makes it non-indexable and maybe it's the home page and then guess what your whole site is going to not be indexed or lose rankings until that's fixed and so that's why it's something that needs to be um, monitored on a monthly basis uh, so and once you fix one thing sometimes that leads to another thing and it's a whole rabbit hole um, but it's hugely important and without it's kind of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich you can't have you can have all the con uh, content in the world, but without um, the technical side of it, it's not really going to matter. So they really are, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah, I think, Kayla, you hit the nail on the head. Um, one thing to keep in mind too, though, is as websites grow and change, maybe clients offer new services or there's no longer a service that um, they provide, which is fine, totally okay. We just want to make sure when we you know, take those pages down or put new pages up that we're taking the proper steps from a technical side um, to either create a really solid new optimized page or take an existing page um, and keep all of the quote unquote like SEO juice that it has, all the posit positive rankings um, and funnel that to another page. So keeping all of that high quality 
um, score with Google. So as we're talking about SEO is an ongoing process, as your businesses evolve, we want to make sure that um, we're evolving our site with it too. And things can arise. Google's constantly changing its algorithm. So we are constantly having to update those minor technical things. Some things that may have mattered five years ago, we're not taking into any consideration today. Um, and I think the biggest thing is having a responsive site. That's huge. Making sure that your screen will fit your website, excuse me, will fit any screen, whether it's desktop or with the rise of cell phones and smartphones, that it's um, functioning and looks looks well presented on a mobile screen too. Yeah, I think that part's fascinating because it's it's really only been in the last two years or so that I've started to encounter sites that I would rather look at on my phone than I would on a desktop. I've been a, a, a pretty pretty old school, like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll bookmark this or send myself a link and I'll check it out when I'm back at my desk. Um, and it's really only been in the last 24 months, maybe, that I've started to see sites where I'm much more interested in the mobile experience than I am the desktop experience, which is terrific. I mean, it, it really shows that there is a, that there's, there's a need for it and that people are really paying attention to that. But the other aspect of it is voice. And I know that that's uh, going to just continue to grow exponentially in the coming years. Um, we ha- we all have more and more like voice activated uh, interfaces from our, our phones to our Amazon Echoes and, and variety of products like that. Um, right now, I would imagine that there's a lot more basic consumer traffic on those kinds of things because we're looking for these little nuts and bolts everyday items or answers to general purpose questions. But it, w- it would seem to me that there's going to be a growing need for that in B2B. People are getting more used to just asking a computer, like, we, like we're living on Star Tr- in Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're used to just asking a computer a question and getting a better and better answer. What role does voice play right now? And um, how, how do you see that evolving? Yeah, I think that's a great question. One of the trends that we're seeing, like you said, um, definitely is going to start out as, hey, Alexa, show me recipes for X, Y, and Z. So that consumer base, but um, it's starting to evolve. And one of our clients, just as an example, um, they sell different types of lifts. So maybe you're troubleshooting and a lift isn't starting. If you type in scissor lift not starting, um, it's pretty descriptive, but you know, you're basically just going to type that in and get the results. With the voice search, you're much more custom in what you're saying. So you'd probably say, hey, Google or Alexa or whatever, how do I get my scissor lift to turn on when it doesn't start? So very specific products, um, very specific question and answer-based theories. So um, having the content on the page that troubleshoots those things um, it's just another way to continue to bring users into the site. Yeah. And to go on with that, like that's a great example, the scissor lift not starting versus how do I get my scissor lift to turn on when it doesn't start? Um, is that that is both from the SEO side, that's both a front end and back end optimization of that 
term or question. So we have tools like we mentioned already that like we can actually find popular questions that people are searching for, whether that's uh, voice or uh, through text, and we can create content related to that. But then also there's backend things we can do with like the schema and stuff. It's schema is um, something that helps your results show up in Google in different ways. So sometimes when you type something into Google and you see that the result actually comes up right on the page, maybe it's like a definition or um, you see stars next to the recipe you're searching, um, it can actually just show up right there. That's called a position zero. So in Google, you can rank from positions one to 100, um, position one being the first result in Google, position 100 being the last. Um, but if you're position zero, that's where that schema is. So then there's that backend area where if someone's typing something in, like scissor lift not starting, we could have that result show right up in the actual Google, which in that case um, isn't necessarily going to help with your organic web traffic, but it's going to help with your customer and user experience. Tell me a little bit more, uh, you know, from an agency standpoint about what what are the different levels of assistance that your, you know, a standard agency is going to be able to provide? I think for us, we find that every client is different, right? They're totally unique in what they're looking for, what their needs are. And that's why we come up with custom plans per client based on their goals and their site um, and what they're really trying to achieve. So we can do things as basic as just consultations, um, just trainings to help their team understand the basics of SEO. So either training or consultations or all the way up to a monthly retainer, whether that be you know, hours-based or project-based, um, we're there to support in any way that the client wants us to. So we could do things as basic as we're just going to give you the keywords and then we'll hand it over to your internal copywriting team, or we can handle it all from the keyword research. Our copy team um, works, works with clients for matching tone and branding, um, and then even do the implementation of the content on the site. We can help out with keeping a site healthy from the back end. Um, we have a full service dev team that can help with that to even a brand new website and making sure that we're thinking about SEO optimization from the very beginning of that new site build. So it's really custom tailored to each of our individual clients and what their needs and desires are from our agency partnership. Yeah. And then one additional thing to go along with that, we can also either, whether it's for a project base, we can monitor or audit your backlinks. So Kate mentioned earlier about sometimes when pages are removed or something um, from the site and making sure that things are properly set up so that it goes to the most appropriate page, uh, you should always be setting up either a 301 or 302 redirect, depending on what the need of that page is, which that's a conversation for another day. But because um, then we're starting to get into the training, more training aspects, mm-hmm. uh, we, we will cover that there. Um, but um, yeah, so basically, you, you need to make sure, say you have a backlink to a page on your site that no longer exists, and someone which helps your SEO, as Kate called it, SEO juice. Um, if you no longer have that page, it takes them to a 404 page. That's 
really bad for your SEO. It should be redirecting to the most appropriate page so then you can still continue to receive the rankings uh, that you were previously receiving for that page. Um, so anything, so also, so there's kind of covered under the SEO retainer. We have, we help with the on-page SEO, the off-page SEO, which is those backlinks, um, whether that's also, we can also create the assets, help create the assets that are good backlink assets. So whether that's like an infographic or a crazy, um, great page, that's just called, uh, we call them power pages, um, or just any like actual actually link worthy content. So, um, we can create the assets, we can do the outreach. We also, that's part of the PR team. Uh, so it's not only the SEO people doing the outreach, but also, um, we have PR, our PR team members have really strong relations with a lot of editors. Um, and then in addition to that, we can monitor your brand mentions. So it's the front end, back end, and then the off page as well. And it's really from whether it's a full-on ongoing retainer where we're doing work or if maybe you're just starting to dip your toes in the water, starting to learn about SEO, we can create audits and basically audit your site, give you a, a, a issue and then the solution and then a priority ranking. So if it's um, a top, a high priority, that's going to be one of the things we'd recommend is updated, changed, corrected, whatever it may be first. That way you're getting the biggest impact from that. So um, whether it's running a a full-on campaign or just helping you to understand and audit the site um, to know kind of where to get started. Yeah. And the great part about all of that is at least with, if there's a dash within the retainer, Um, there's a dashboard as well. So it kind of compiles all of that information, like your keyword research, um, the actual rankings on the site, all that kind of stuff, along with an executive summary where we kind of say, in addition to the normal correspondence that we'd go through with a client, um, it gives kind of all the information that we're working on that month and then what we're previously worked on. And you can look at it from a month to month basis to see kind of everything that's going on that kind of takes that ambiguity out of it for the things that are a little more technical, uh, just is a simplified version to help all that stuff kind of be in one place. So you can be like, Hey, this is what they did, or Hey, this is what they're doing. Um, makes sense and all that kind of stuff. And it's not going to be, um, I think one misconception with SEO as we've kind of already touched on here that it's a marathon, not a sprint. So like one month, a keyword may do be doing well. And then the next month it may go down one position. And then that's a case where if it's a really good keyword, we might say, Hey, um, and depending on how involved we are, we're, we would be like, Hey, maybe you should write a piece of blog content related to, uh, this keyword for this month. Um, and we can get some backlinks to it. That might be something, whether we write it for you, depending on the need or you write it and we just help edit it. Um, or you just take over it completely. And, uh, it's really, it really, it can be done. It's, and in general, what we're doing for the client, um, it really is kind of like I said, front end, back end, but, but the actual tactics that are being done are really dependent on the campaign client, their specific needs. It's, that's always going to be different, which is part of the strategy and the science behind it. Yeah. Well, and part of the variety as well, you know, I mean, talking about 
um, enjoying your job and talking about enjoying the, the, the variety of it and, and the different challenges that can get thrown your way. It sounds like this is never going to get old. Keeps it interesting, which makes my job fun. I'm either finding problems or fixing problems or finding problems and fixing them before they come big problems. So um, that's that's always fun. And then just creating, finding new opportunities, creating new opportunities. Uh, it's really great. It's, it's also a lot of testing. So, um, just like with anything, sometimes you're going to see really amazing results and other times you're gonna be like, okay, that didn't work as well as we thought. What can we learn from that? How can we pivot moving forward? How can we still like repurpose this, reuse it? Um, it definitely, definitely always changing. (laughs) And I think the, the fun part, like you mentioned for the testing is even if it, quote unquote, didn't work, we still got an answer that we now know, all right, we don't need to use this tactic. Let's try something else. So even if it wasn't a like, you know, blaring win, a blatant win, it still is a win in a way because you know, that's not going to work. Let's try something different and we won't waste time on it. Definitely. As far as from testing goes from the B2B side, I think that's something where B2C is very quick to do that and test and understand, um, break things and learn from them, break things fast, learn, uh, fix them. Um, and that's a great thing with like SEO too, and digital in general is that a lot of the things can just be fixed on the fly if something's not working. Um, but the fact that being willing to test and trying new things. I think the B2B was a little bit slow to adapt there, um, but we're really starting to see more of that. And it's great. It's proven huge benefits already. Mm -hmm. And areas of a site that maybe they're not doing um, well in one particular area, those aren't problems. Really, the best way to look at them is they're areas of opportunity because we can only go up right? We can only make those corrections and only continue to improve. This was really educational. Thank you both very much uh, for coming on today and, and spending time talking about SEO. I know I learned a lot. I think our audience is going to have learned a lot. And I don't think it's something we're done talking about. I would love to have you on a future episode and talk more as we as we dig into our understanding of the way that these different efforts and technologies work together and how you try to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having us. I know that Kayla and I really enjoyed it. Um, And we're looking forward to answering any more questions from clients or potential clients um, and giving you the the knowledge and the tools to feel confident and comfortable with an SEO campaign. Absolutely. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you. Great. Kayla Soders, Kate Scheib, thank you so much. And uh, we will talk to you again in the future. Marketing to Complex Industries is presented by Godfrey, a B2B marketing agency for industries like yours. Godfrey is built for technical products, discerning buyers, and intricate buying cycles. For more information, visit godfrey.com.